Welcome to Sing of the Blues. I'm Tom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. We always knew we were going to get a, a bit of a week like this. Dom, it was always going to happen. Let's let's talk positives first then. So if we go back Saturday before last, Forest Green Rovers, we were kind of expecting a Wednesday win, but it was a pretty resounding Wednesday win. I think we have to put it out there straight away to say that uh, Forest Green, one of the worst teams to come to Hillsborough in a long time. And that's not taking anything away from Wednesday, but the reality is that they were very naive with some of their defending and really trying to go toe-to-toe with Wednesday. And they were completely outgunned and blown away, weren't they? 4-0 at half-time. And it's difficult really to gauge how well Wednesday had actually played when, again, this is it. You've got to factor in the quality of the opposition. And Forest Green, I think it's fair to say that their expectations are completely different to Sheffield Wednesdays. And I think they will be quite happy to consolidate in League One this season, whereas Sheffield Wednesday were all hoping they're going to be pushing for the title. And um, so, yeah, I think there was maybe some level of disappointment that Wednesday didn't put more goals past them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the attacking play was really pleasing on the eye. You can't get you know away from that. And that was... Barry Bannon's best performance this season by some distance. Um, you know, he ran the show. Josh Windass was a huge threat and Josh Windass's numbers in the first six matches, two goals and three assists. It shows you how important he is to this team. And a, a, another reminder, really, of if Windass had been available for more of last season, then perhaps things could have been very different and Wednesday might not be in League One, they might be in the Championship, but it's all ifs, buts, and maybes, isn't it? You know, we've got to deal with the, the you know, way things are right now. And uh, yeah, after Forest Green, that was a very good end to August, wasn't it? Um, and I think that what Wednesday were third in the table, so I think people would have been delighted with that start. And they had at that point three points more on the board than what they'd had after six matches of the previous season. So it shows that progress was being made. Uh, you know, you would say, but then we all know what happened uh, uh, the next two matches. Yeah, um, uh, let, uh, yeah. Let's let's dwell on the positives for um, for a little bit longer. It felt like the kind of the kind of performance and the kind of scoreline that we sort of want to see this season, didn't it? Because you're right, you know, Forest Green Rovers are, are probably you know punching above their weight a bit by being in the third tier. Maybe it's the first time that they've ever been in this league, as far as I know. Um, and so, you know, for them, you're right. You know, survival is obviously going to be an achievement. But we're we're in a league really where probably maybe half the team's survival is going to be ultimately the the aim, and really you would be expecting not just Wednesday. There are other teams in this league as well that that you would be expecting to be head and shoulders better and proving it game in game out. And yet Wednesday do have a habit of of probably not doing that in the games that you'd probably expect. So it was yeah, in a way, it's kind of what we would expect. But it's good to see them going out and just getting that job done, isn't it? Because we don't see it all the time when we'd probably expect to, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you look back to last season, that was where the frustration was, wasn't it? That Wednesday didn't put the so-called lesser teams to bed. You know, they dropped so many points, even at home. What was it, Gillingham? I know Atkinson ended up finishing in the top half, but 
you know, they drew to them. Uh, and there were a lot of other points that were squandered. And, you know, we were talking about Wednesday's defending from set pieces, costing them or not being ruthless in front of goal. Well, they certainly were against Forest Green. And you'd like to think that that will be the first of many hidings that Wednesday will give to teams at Hillsborough this season. And, you know, I, I, you know, you expect Wednesday to be strong at home as that that's what they have been for the last year or so. I know that we'll come on to Barnsley in a bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think Forest Green, yeah, they tactically were naive and got a lot of things wrong and Wednesday really exploited uh, you know, their deficiencies, you know, and, and we saw that with the second and third goals really underlying that for me, where, you know, Wednesday um, have managed to get, you know, Bannon for the the, the second goal, it, you know, in behind the defence with a, with a crossfield pass. And then it was the same thing again for Liam Palmer, who uh, is turning into a bit of a goal machine, as we know, mm. a right wing back. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I think everyone left Hillsborough feeling pretty good about themselves after Forest Green. We we should know by now, shouldn't we? Though that that we shouldn't celebrate the highs too much, and we shouldn't worry about the lows too much. Because you know, if you could take a snapshot of a of a week as what it's like being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, um, it probably wouldn't have been a bad example, would it? Because um, off the back of that, and you know, there were yeah, a lot of people kind of talking about how brilliant it was, and you know, kind of promotion should be almost like you know, almost in the bag, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then, I mean, you said it was a good end to August, not quite, because we did squeeze in one more game before the end of August, which was Pizza Cup away at Bradford. I was out. I didn't see any of it. I've not read anything about it. I don't care about it. But Wednesday lost. You missed nothing. I mentioned the league programme, James. If you're going to get really pedantic about these things, as is your way, then fine. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. The Bradford uh, nine changes, was it? And um, yeah, it was disjointed from Wednesday. They didn't play well. There weren't many positives uh, from Bradford. But it, it was a disappointment. I know that you know, I think there'd be the 3,000 Wednesday fans who travelled to West Yorkshire will have left there and I don't think they would have been too impressed with what they saw. But there were a lot of players out there that have not had much game time this season. Uh, and, you know, yet there was Alex Mighton who was given his debut and, you know, he showed flashes of what he's about. Good that Michael Smith scored his first Wednesday goal from the spot. Yep. Um, so, you know, th- that was about it. <laughs> there, there, isn't, there aren't that many conclusions that we can r- really draw from Bradford um, other than, yeah, OK, Wednesday didn't turn up, didn't play the way that, you know, we'd have liked them to have played. But the reality is that the Papa John's Trophy is not at the top of Wednesday's priority list, as we know. And they've still got two more chances anyway, to get out of the group, win the two home matches and you'd be bang on lucky not to finish in you know, second position, which will be enough to progress to the next round. So it's not as if yeah, it was a catastrophic loss and a huge setback no. for them in their season. We, we had a, a slight disagreement, didn't we, about the, the League Cup. I, I, I'm not bothered about it. Pizza and, Cup and... 
Or do you, yeah, mean, no. or, or do you mean Peach Cup no. and League Cup? Or? No, no, no. A, a, a few weeks back, we had a disagreement about the, the League Cup, and I said, I, I just don't think it particularly matters. Um, and and your, your opinion, obviously, was a little bit different. No, no, that was a Peach about... Cup. No, it wasn't the League Cup. I, was I, that the Pizza you, Cup? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. No, I was saying the Pizza Cup is the one that Wednesday, I'd like to see them go deep in. I couldn't give a monkey's really about the League Cup. And and for Wednesday to have won the first two rounds and then get the third round draw of Southampton away, the idea of travelling there and the fact that really we're going to all go there expecting probably Sheffield Wednesday to lose at Southampton, you know, yeah. almost makes you think pretty pointless really, wasn't it? Just okay. to, to get to the third. But yeah, no, the Pizza Cup, I'd like to see them do, do okay. quite well in yeah so that's, that's me not remembering it very well then which uh which makes a change with my loose, useless memory um i i i asked this because th- there was you know generally the sentiment amongst fans uh stuff that i was reading after the bradford game seemed to be most saying not really bothered about this competition anyway which probably is is more a reaction to the scoreline than than anything else uh but one or two saying yeah it doesn't really matter though that we should be going out in every game and trying to compete it doesn't really matter what competition it's in that shouldn't be on players minds it's about going out and putting in a performance that gets a uh result and, and i kind of take that point in in a lot of ways as much as i think it doesn't really matter as a professional footballer it doesn't matter if it's a pre-season friendly pizza cup on a tuesday night um, EFL Cup, FA Cup League shouldn't really matter, should it? You, know, you, you, you either score chances, create chances, win tackles, block shots, or you don't. Um, so I, I thought it was kind of interesting how you know people were kind of viewing it a little bit differently. I was going to ask where you stand on on that, not realizing that I've already asked you really that that that. But, but off the back of the Bradford game, I mean, do you did you kind of take that seriously and think you know what this is this is this is not really acceptable from Wednesday or is it a shrug of the shoulders and it doesn't doesn't really matter. I still thought that that Wednesday team was strong enough to go to Bradford and get a result, James. Yeah, so I, I was disappointed. I think with the level of performance and some of the goals that Wednesday they conceded were very soft and fell into the category of could have been avoided. And and this is it. there just weren't many individuals either that I thought really staked a claim. And and some of the players that came in who. You know, who are saying, you know, we deserve to be playing regularly, you know, in the league from, you know, Reese James to Jaden Brown. Uh, you know, you could go right through the team. You know, I thought Will, Will Vokes did okay in midfield. And, um, yeah, you know, you, you had the situation where it was Alex Hunt's last match for Wednesday, he was in midfield. Um, and then, yeah, Callum Patterson can't get a goal right now and puts himself about. But th- there were a lot of, players across the board. You know, Jack Hunt struggled um, mm. and looked like a guy that hasn't played much football in the last few weeks because he's had illness, chest infection and everything else. Um, so I, I think it was more that really. I, I, I was actually more frustrated, not with the results, but the level of the performance that you know, it just wasn't there. Okay. Um I mean, the disappointing thing, obviously, is that it kind of then rolled into Saturday, didn't it? And the league game against Barnsley, which was, it's you know, it's 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 a it is a slightly bigger than usual game because of the fact that there's that spiciness of of, of being a bit of a South Yorkshire, um, uh, a South Yorkshire derby. Plus, you know, both teams that are probably expecting to be knocking around the top end of the 
table. I think it, it's it's a slightly strange season for Barnsley. I think they've got a little bit of regrouping and rebuilding to do, but you know they'll certainly be hoping they're in with a shout of being in the mix come the end of the season. Um, and so it was definitely you know a, a test for for Wednesday early on, and a test that ultimately they didn't pass because it just wasn't there, was it? I think what we have to say from the outset is that Barnsley were very good on the day, yeah. and they tactically. Michael Duff, their manager, that he got everything spot on. And you you could tell that they'd really done their homework on Sheffield Wednesday. They had identified the areas that they were going to try and exploit. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, I thought there was great energy to their play. And I, I, I can't put my finger on why Wednesday was so bad when you think that there were no excuses that... Most of that team had had a, a full week off. So you can't say it was tiredness. You know, the, the, the fresh legs were there, you know, and it's not as if the conditions, it was a really hot, boiling day like you'd had for Charlton at home. It, you know, there were, it was collectively and individually, you know, there were too many that just had off days. And, you know, you can carry, I think, maybe one or two players you know, in, in certain matches, maybe against, say, a Forest Green if you're Sheffield Wednesday and, you, and you'd still fancy yourself to beat Forest Green. You can't mm. do that, though, against the better teams. And, and on that evidence, then, yeah, I think Barnsley, they might have a sniff of, say, the top six. You know, I'd certainly think that they're going to you know, be in, in and around that top ten. And, um, you know, Wednesday's good home run. It was always going to come to an end. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting a lot of stick for putting out the stat about, you know, they've gone so many hours you know, without conceding a goal at Hillsborough. And so inevitably, you know, that was going to then end, wasn't it, on mm-hmm. Saturday? And it did. In the Thanks South for that. Yeah, won't be doing that again in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't be wearing red on a match day either. So, yeah, but all in all, um, yeah, I, I, I just... was. <laughs> I'm at a loss to explain it, really. That I don't know how they can go from playing as well as they did against Forest Green. I just maybe it was a step up. I don't know whether there was a touch of complacency there. I mean, I, mm. I said I put that to Darren Moore afterwards, and he didn't think it was that. He just thought that it was more of an off day, and and I also thought it was um, quite telling that Darren Moore said he knew that there was something up with the team after about six minutes. Uh, and the passage of play, which, you know, I thought that was a bit of a big admission, really. And then that sort of begs the question, well, maybe why didn't you try to then turn things around or change things? You know, if you could see early on. And I definitely thought that was another match on Saturday, James. And we've had this conversation before where substitutions with Darren Moore, I felt he left it way too late. There should have been changes at half-time. There really had, there had to be because Wednesday were w- were so bad in that first yep. half, and there were some boos from the crowd, and they were understandable. South Yorkshire Derby, biggest crowd of the season at Hillsborough, and you know Wednesday weren't at it, and they they let the players know. And then I think Darren Moore should have been decisive, and he should have certainly taken Marvin Johnson off, who had an absolute nightmare at left wing back. You know that was obvious, I think, for most people to see in in the ground that that was yeah. one change that had to be made. Um, but yeah, you know, to not put Mowick Wilkes, you know, when you when the bench is that stacked with attacking talent from Mowick Wilkes, Alex Mighton, Michael Smith, you've got Callum Patterson there, you know, there were loads of options for Darren Moore 
to change things around. And instead, what Wednesday did was they waited until the hour mark before they even started to make any changes. And then they changed formation. And then that didn't really work because Barnsley got second goal. So there's definitely a lot for Darren Moore to ponder, you know, this week going into, you know, an away doubleheader. Yep. You, 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 I find this really tricky because the thing is, you're not going to win every game, are you? You know, the, uh, it's very rare that you get teams that genuinely just steamroll the way through the the league. So it is going to happen, and sometimes you need it to happen because then, you know, off the back of a defeat, we see teams and and we've seen this happen with Wednesday before that then go on a really good run because actually, you know, it's the it's the kick up the the backside that maybe they need. Um, but I, I I totally agree with you in that I think the most concerning thing about the the whole sort of um, episode is is that that lack of flexibility and 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 one of the things that you know, we were saying just just a week or two ago about um, the signings that Wednesday have have made and and the squad that Wednesday have got available is that there's suddenly now at least two probably more than two systems that Wednesday can can play. And um, there's not a lot of point of, of of kind of doing that and having that if you're not going to use it. And it's a it is a concern when if as a manager you can see that something isn't right, uh, and and then you know don't have, I, I don't know if is is it the is it guts is it you know is it bravery or decisiveness to to change it? We've seen it in the past, haven't we? You know we've we've had managers in the not too distant past i'm thinking i'm thinking specifically about um you know carlos would wouldn't be afraid to make changes sometimes quite early in a, a game certainly in the first half if he felt that something wasn't working and needed to to change it um and we'd often actually see wednesday in that era would sometimes fall behind and then come back and win games um and you know that again strength of squad and depth of of availability and, and and stuff played a big role in that but we're kind of back in that situation aren't we that it's there you know there is that strength there but you've got to use it and we've got to use it effectively um is it still a bit early though in in you know this this squad and the makeup of this squad some of the additions have been quite quite recent um and you know, is are we being a little bit unfair? Does Darren Moore still need a little bit more time with these players, maybe to get them used to the the different systems that we might be playing, but also for him to get to know who those players are and what they can do and where they best fit in and stuff? Are we being a little bit unfair? I, I would say so. That you know, I think we're already seeing it, James. That every time Wednesday lose, drop points, that there is a bit of a meltdown on social media. Yeah. And, you know, that is the modern way, you know, the, the, it's the times that we live in and the expectation levels are so high at Wednesday this season. I, I do understand it, but then you know, it goes back to what you were saying earlier on about, and this is what Darren Moore is constantly trying to do, of keeping a level head and staying grounded, not yep. getting too high when they batter Forest Green 5-0, and then yep. he's not going to get too low when they have an off day and they put in the worst performance of the season, like they did against Barnsley. And I think that's so important. And, and that's going to be a huge strength of Darren Moore. But there's no doubt that I, I think when it comes to substitutions and changing games, uh, that's still where I do look at Darren Moore. That is a legitimate criticism of his tenure at Sheffield Wednesday that in the... 18 plus months that he's been at the helm that he is not proactive enough 
at making subs. Uh, and I do think that some people who call him out over that, I think it's fair. Okay, it, you know, he did great for the, say, Charlton home match. Triple sub, worked wonders. Wednesday got the win. Backinson came on, scored a goal. But there have been a lot of times where you, you do scratch your head and think he's got a really quality bench at his disposal. And it's even more important this season when you've got five subs to use yep. you know, at your disposal. So, you know, that should be a huge ace in the pack for Wednesday. It has to be the subs. You know, we've, we've spoken a lot about it. And so managers, OK, fair enough. They take a bit of time maybe to get used to it as well, that you've got an extra couple of subs to play for. You know, and that's across the board. I think all managers will still be coming maybe to terms with, you know, when do I make changes and what times. And that's definitely an area for me that I still look at and think that's where Darren Moore can improve, but he's still a relatively inexperienced manager. You know, you still look at it and you know, he's not got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches under his belt, but you still like to see, I think, him learning more though from, uh, you know, from matches and where mistakes have maybe been made. And I, yeah, I, I just come back to it. I think they were made too late on Saturday whether it would have turned the results around you know who's to say and do you know what as bad as Wednesday were James Lee Gregory still has two huge opportunities that if he was bang in form he'd have taken at least one of those and then it goes to one all and then the crowd's up momentum's with Wednesday yeah so it could have been very different and, it's, and yeah, but, but, fine yeah, margins isn't it football? it is fine margins and that's what we we, you know, we talk about those don't we yeah I think I just think it's important to to just clarify the difference between you know us sitting here and I think you know I think it's fair to say you know we're, we're picking on something here where we both feel this is an area where Darren Moore, a Sheffield Wednesday manager, can do better. That doesn't mean when Wednesday lose a game that it should be saying, well, Darren Moore's not good enough and he should be gone. That's that. There's a there's a major distinction between those. Two things. We're analysing the matches, and so we're giving honest views, aren't we? You know, yeah. And and nobody's. We're not calling for Darren Moore out. No, we're not. But but we're also we're not happy clappers at the same time. You know, we've still got to give opinions. I'm 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 straying here into I think tackling some of the stuff that I saw on social media on Saturday evening, which was you know people that. I would sometimes even class as being, you know, kind of quite level-headed, who was saying, "Well, that's it, isn't it?" You know, it's 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 clear now that Darren Moore's not up to the job, and and I I I, I kind of feel like that's almost irrelevant now because we have built the squad that Darren Moore wanted and we have to give him the chance to use that squad. Doesn't really matter what you think about Darren Moore. Doesn't really matter what 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 kind of, you know, issues there are there. Which there obviously are and I think we are right as fans to to challenge those and to speak out about those. Um but you know we we can't just keep this bouncing from the high of 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 a win the week before to to defeat and therefore Darren Moore's not up to it and has to go the 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 it, it, this kind of Jekyll and Hyde kind of fan based reaction to stuff just just I, I mean I say it has to stop it won't do because you know it's been going on for years and years and years and and of course it will continue but there is a definitive and uh, a, 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 a very clear line between legitimate criticisms of of a of a manager and 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 just you know kind of throw away kind of demands or suggestions that he's not good enough and should and should be gone the difficulty too i think this season james is that 
he's got a huge squad. He's got to try and keep the players happy. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, his biggest task this season that he's got so many good players. You can't fit them all in. You've got to keep them all on side. And then every time that Wednesday have a loss or drop points, the question will always be there of, so with this squad of players, are Wednesday more suited to playing 3-5-2 or 4-2-3-1? And I think that's a distraction. I, I, I honestly believe that yeah, Darren Moore has said that there will be times where he change formation, you know, depending on the opposition. But... I, I I think that that should be kept to a minimum. I really do. You know, in you know, if, I bet Rotherham and Wigan didn't change their systems too much, and they finished in the top two last season. And 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 Sunderland did a little bit under Alex Neil, um, but they again were on a really good run, and they were full of confidence, and they'd worked on it. And I, I'm not getting any evidence. And it was the same in the last twenty minutes at the weekend. I'm not getting any evidence. To suggest that Wednesday will be better off playing four two three one than what they would be three five two, but this, you know, but this is going to be hanging over. I feel like Sheffield Wednesday for a lot of season, and I'm not sure that's healthy. You know, because in a three five two, you're just looking at it and thinking you can't get Wilkes, Mighton, Bannon, Windass, Smith. Gregory, you can't get them all into the team. You can't shoehorn all these players into the team. You, you can maybe easier in a four-two-three-one, but you have to play four-two-three-one well. And if it's Smith up front, there's no pace there, and so you've got to get then runners in and around him for Wednesday yeah. to be effective. And so there are a lot of question marks right now, and ultimately, it's results. That will shut people up. And this is where coming into a really big week for Wednesday. And, and we're, I know we're, we're not even a quarter of the way through the season, but you know, with two away matches, tough looking away matches, and then Ipswich at home, one of the teams that we're expecting Wednesday to be battling promotion out with yeah. this season. You know, like, you know, Wednesday, they definitely put more pressure on themselves with how they underperformed at home to Barnsley uh, and then the result not going their way. I think the point about formations is 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 I think it is important because I you know I kind of feel like f- footballers appreciate simplicity um and you know you you give them a job to do you give them instructions um and you you go out and do it I've I've never been a huge fan of managers that stand on the touchline screaming and shouting all the way through the game and I know that there's fans that that like to see that passion from a manager. But I think by that point, manager's job's done. You give them the instructions, you give them a system to play, you analyse the opposition, and it, it you know, sometimes you've got to change that. But but again, that needs to be done in a much more organised way than just screaming and shouting from the from the touchline. Um, and how you set up is, is quite important because you know, players need clear instructions that they can... Um, that they can follow um you know this this idea of being quite fluid with formations i think is uh it, it throws you know confusion into things when actually i think i think probably the better teams certainly at this level have a system and they just play it and they don't worry too much about who it is that they're 
playing and, and maybe sometimes, yeah, it's not working, you do have to make changes, but you pick a system and, and, you, and you make sure you do it well. Um, the argument about you know fitting players in, well, you know that's that's a great problem to have, isn't it? And we're not going to be able to fit um, all those players in uh, every time, but you know we will get horrendous injury problems through the season because we do. So um, you know we 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 just got to accept the fact there will be players sat on the bench and there'll be some fans going, well, so and so should be starting. Well, you can't you can't start you can only start eleven of them. So you know that's just that's just going to happen. But I do think, particularly at this level, there's a huge thing to be said for just just pick a system and stick to it. Clarity is so important. You're right. Players need to know the roles and responsibilities. Absolutely, and and when you know when we had a little bit of a difficult um, time under Gary Monk, it was generally around the time that we seemed to be kind of like yeah. playing around with different systems and didn't really have that identity. And ultimately, players just didn't really know what they were meant to be doing. Um, I'm not sure there's a lot of good that comes from from that because it does mean that you slip to a defeat here and a defeat there and a defeat there the problem is come the end of the season those defeats are going to add up and they are the difference between finishing first and second finished in the top six or finishing somewhere else in the league and that matters doesn't it definitely I mean that's a great point on Gary Monk you're totally right that they were constantly changing formation and I don't think it, it didn't pay off did it in the long run and um, yeah, you know, I, I think for Wednesday that this is it. That the three-five-two is largely what they've played so far this season. And do you know what? There has been continuity there recently. When you think of the team, you know, Barnsley, that was the third league match in a row that Darren Moore had named the same eleven. So you, you can't knock him for you know he is trying to. I think maybe you know not tinker too much of the team. But now the problem is that they played that badly at home to Barnsley. He's got to make changes. It's just that he has to make changes for Plymouth. It won't be acceptable to fans um, if you know if he keeps the same eleven again. You know there were just too many that didn't turn up at the weekend, and so yeah, that's it. You know, and, and it, but players dictate whether they keep their places in the team. It's on performances in training and on the pitch, and at the weekend they didn't do it. We've got, obviously, um, a bit of transfer news to talk about. We've got some big games coming up to talk about as well, just before that. I think I think you know by now that our sponsors are Taito Law Solicitors. I think you know that Ollie is the main man there. And uh, I think you know that uh, they specialise in wills, trusts and probate. Um, and that Ollie is, you know, if you want to have a chat about any of those things, if your will needs looking at, Ollie is always around and happy to, um, to have a chat. Uh, the website, if you do want to find find out more or get in touch titolaw.co.uk that's t-y-t-o-l-a-w.co.uk um so deadline day, well actually i mean deadline deadline week we saw one alex in one alex out it wasn't a frantic um deadline day i i, I can never really decide whether or not i'm happy or not when it's quite a calm deadline day i think this year particularly considering there'd been a lot of talk about players that were getting attention from elsewhere it was probably good that it was a quiet one um, and probably a good move for alex hunt as well i think it become clear he wasn't really going to get much of a sniff in with the um with the first team Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it's a good move for Alex Hunt. He'll get regular game time, hopefully, at Grimsby. You know, he had a good loan spell there last season. Their manager, Paul Hurst, is a big fan. And, yeah, that's it. You know, the reality is he, he really wasn't going to get a look in 
uh, in Wednesday's side this season, and he, he would have even struggled to to be on the bench and in the squad. And at his age, you know, his it, games, and you know, we wish him well. I hope he goes yep. on to do really well at, at Grimsby. Um, but no, I was very happy that it was a quiet end to the window, and and actually, to me. It, you know, it sums up the forward planning that you know Sheffield Wednesday had done so much of the work in the window. You know, early on, you know, seven of the eleven players they signed were there in Portugal for the training camp. You know, where you know, they were put through the paces, and you know, that gave Darren Moore and the coaching staff the opportunity to gel the team together. And, and you know, I, I think that you know you'd like to think that's going to make a big difference. Uh, you know, come the end of the season, that so no, I I, it, I think that for Wednesday, there really aren't many positions now that you look at and think, oh yeah, they're short on numbers or they're short on quality to get the job done. I think I think it's fair to say. I mean, Plymouth Plymouth away coming up. We've got Morecambe away midweek, Ipswich at home. Defining week of the season coming up here. Oh, I don't really want to be saying defining week of the season when we're still in September um, and there'll be another 36 matches to go after. You, you get um, them though, don't you? You, uh, get, you get those weeks that you look at and think, do you know, I mean, that's too really hard. It, it, it can go games. one of two ways, can't it? You know, that Barnsley will be quickly forgotten about if Wednesday get a couple of wins from this week, James, or if Wednesday do not do the business, then... The pressure is going to be on Darren Moore big time. There's no, you know, you know, I think the gap is already what is four points between Wednesday and the top two right now. That's nothing, right? They can make that up at some stage this, this season. This Wednesday team is that good. They're going to go on a long unbeaten run, a long winning run, and we saw last season that you quickly move up the table. That's what's going to happen. But yeah, I am. Slightly worried that if things go a bit pear shaped, that things could get ugly, um, um, and and I hope not. You know, I, I think that people have to remain balanced and you know, trust that you know, Darren Moore has got and built a good squad of players, and so you know the, the players have got to stand up after Barnsley. You know, they know you know that they underperform. They they let Darren Moore down on Saturday, mm-hmm. so they owe him a big performance. And by the way. We all know what happened at Plymouth, not once, but twice last season. You know, yep. two, you know, absolute, you know, they, they got turned over twice. So, yeah, if ever there was a match where, you know, Wednesday's players, you know, they should have that very fresh in their mind that, you know, they, uh, you know, if, they, if, if they're not miles at, you know, if they're not miles better than what they were against Barnsley, they'll lose again because, again, Plymouth have had a good start and Plymouth, you know they were they only just missed out on the top six last season. So Plymouth are desperate to be you know in and around the you know the top six this time around. So, but yeah, I mean Morecambe, you have to be earmarking and going. That's the one that Wednesday. You know they have to win, but they lost there last season. So these mm-hmm. are big tests for Sheffield Wednesday. The next two away matches they lost to both these two teams last season. So we're gonna we're gonna learn a bit more about this group of players in the next two matches. And then Ipswich is huge, isn't it? I mean, Ipswich, that just speaks for itself. You know, the two, on paper, the two strongest sides in the division will go head-to-head. And so there should be a good crowd at Hillsborough. And, you know, fans will be expecting a reaction from from that one. So, yeah, it is a big week. I wouldn't go as far to say it's a defining week in the season. But I tell you, things could get 
interesting if things don't go well, though, uh, for Wednesday, because that's just uh, you can see that that will be the reaction from the fan base that you know that they're not going to tolerate Wednesday, you know, being well off the pace after ten matches or being seven points adrift of the top two. Yeah, and yeah, at this stage of the season, you you right. It, it, it's still all stuff that can be made up, but it does feel like an important one. I might call the podcast a defining week of the season now, just just to annoy you. You know, that's what I do. Um, I think it's really, really hard to kind of second guess what changes we might see because I think having lost, obviously, you know, two we've lost two games in a row, but it was such different starting 11s, That's probably an unfair statement. But after the Barnsley game, I think it gives Darren Moore an excuse to kind of make as many changes as he as he wants. One player who does seem to be in the firing line quite a bit at the moment, though, Marvin Johnson, um, it seems to be going through a little bit of a dodgy patch. Oh, yeah, it's a sticky patch for Marvin Johnson. There's no two ways about it. And, um, yeah, I, I just think for him, really, just take him out of the firing line. Yeah, Darren Moore did it with Dominic Iortha earlier in the season, yeah, after the first match at yep. Portsmouth and didn't play him for a couple of matches. And then he's come back and he's, you know, that gave him a kick up the backside and he's looked an awful lot better as Dominic Iortha. And yep. Darren Moore's got options at left wing back. He could play Reese James, could play Jaden Brown. So it's not like he, he can't swap things around. And But I, I think it's not just Marvin Johnson. I think, you know, the whole team has to perform so much better at Plymouth, you know, whatever side down more picks. And I think there will be other changes. You know, you could make changes in midfield, at least one, if not two. You know, you've got Will Vogue there knocking on the door, waiting in the wings. You know, hopefully Viseyu Deli Bashir is back. So I, I could see there being at least, you know, a change in midfield. And then up front, you've got Michael Smith, Malik Wilkes, Alex Mighton. You know, we haven't really talked about Alex Mighton, but you know, I think that's another exciting signing for Wednesday. Mm. Direct, skillful, really talented player, but probably better suited to playing in a four-two-three-one. So will Darren Moore change system at Plymouth? I mean, big calls, big big calls he's got to make, and he's got to get them right. Yeah, you could. I think in terms of the attack, you could almost take your pick, can't you? It's 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 difficult. We still don't know enough about how those players work together and what the right partnerships are and stuff like that so um, yeah going to be interesting over the next few games that is going to wrap us up actually for um, for this week uh, on Twitter Dom is at Dom Housen I'm at James Barriott the show is at Dom and James uh, you can find all our links, all our details on our website, and you can find the web address in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. 